Hey, this is your host, Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is it's just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. The, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world, of the world within. And so, you see, the man who is going by the external world, by the influences of the external world, say, society or perceptions, sense perceptions, thinks that he, he is more valid. Don't relate yourself to any person, anything, any idea. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. Today, I would like to explore with you all this idea of impermanence. And it is a Buddhist philosophy that reiterates this understanding that nothing in life lasts forever. There's no such thing as a permanent or fixed experience in any area of life from relationships to our career to our purpose to ourselves you know even when you think about the body the body you have today is not the body you will have tomorrow there will be something that on a biological level will change about you from that understanding we embrace this idea, this understanding that there is nothing that is actually permanent about our lives. And this aids us in reducing suffering. Suffering doesn't go away when you understand this. It just reduces the degree to which you suffer. And I, I have a very intimate relationship with impermanence. And I want to talk about that today, but I also want to share my understanding of impermanence. And then I want to share why it's important to not get wrapped in the idea of impermanence and how the embrace of this philosophy, this idea can actually lead you like it has me into forgetting that you have personal power you have free will you have you have power to change your experience you are in a co-creation with life and so i just want to unpack that piece to kind of create some level of harmony or balance between this philosophy that is so important to integrate into your life if you haven't already been meditating or pondering or trying to embody this more in your life so with that, let's just get into it. I have a very intimate relationship with impermanence. And that is shaped by my constant, constant changes in environment as a child. So I was born in Congo. And even while we were in Congo, my mom has told me that we moved around a little bit due to the Rwandan genocide that was taking place uh, the year I was born. So I don't remember anything, but I'm pretty sure there was a constant shift in environment. 
And when we left, we moved to Oregon. And so from Oregon, we moved again to Virginia. And then from Virginia, we moved again to Atlanta. And even though I've been in Atlanta the longest that I've ever lived anywhere else, while we were in Atlanta, I still moved maybe like five different times. So even while I was in elementary school, while I was in middle school, and even high school, I changed schools a lot. And even on my high school year, I found a school that I loved so, so much. It was it was called Arabia Mountain, and it's in Decatur, Georgia. And I loved this school. It had the type of culture that I really connected to. The people there, I made wonderful friendships and relationships. And on my senior year, we moved again and I couldn't go to the school anymore. And I was so defeated. I was like, what the fuck? I just like, I had been there for, I think three years and my high school, at the beginning of my high school year, my freshman year, I wasn't at that school. I was at a different school. So moving into 10th grade, I transitioned to this school and I was there from 10th and 11th. And then senior year, my parents pulled me out of the school and said, we can't take you there anymore because it's too far from our new house. And so I had to go to the high school that was local to me. And that was... I, I didn't even try. This is this is just to give you a glimpse of my sense of defeat. I didn't even try to form friendships in my last year of high school. I usually was used to being the cool kid. I was always around all of different types of people. So I I got along with everybody from the the jocks to the people that were the, the anime guys, the, what, what they were called, the, the quote-unquote nerds or geeks, I would get along with them because I knew everything that they were talking about. Uh, the emo kids, I resonated with them because we all listened to the same music. I was really into heavy metal. I was really into Linkin Park, Blink-182. I was into these bands, and so we related on, on, on a music level. I got along with pretty much everybody. There wasn't anybody that I wasn't cool with or wasn't able to sit at a table with. And so when I got to senior year, I didn't like even attempt to get along to connect with anybody other than the people that I already knew from my own neighborhood and the basketball courts that I would go to, even to the point where I would kind of like isolate myself. I would sit alone or I would eat by myself or I would spend the first hour or two while everyone's connecting and having breakfast, I would just spend it in the bathroom. So this was just a result of my sense of defeat. Like I was so exhausted and so tired with constantly having to create new relationships and very vivid memory of when I made a real friend, I was probably in third or fourth grade. And the friend, his name was Kevin. I remember him very, like, if I had a pen and paper, I could draw him right now. But I remember the day that he left, like his parents came to pick him up and it was his last day of going to our school. 
And I remember being in class, realizing that Kevin was leaving. And I just cried the whole day. I put my head down and I started crying and grieving and mourning. And I remember that pain so deeply. And since then, life and my relationships have always felt like that have always felt like there's an alarm clock on the relationship that at any point it's going to expire. And so as I got older and I had my spiritual waking, I started to develop myself spiritually. This philosophy of impermanence, this understanding of impermanence really resonated with me. And I was really able to adapt to it to integrate it into my life and embody it to a really high degree. And my life became more richer. I was very, very present with the people in my life. I was very grateful with the connections that I had. I was deeply immersed in all of the things that were happening around me because I was aware that this is going to be gone at any point. And it's passing and it won't last forever. And so this helped me for a really, really long time to develop meaningful connections, but to also say farewell to connections that weren't really supporting my highest good, weren't really supporting my development, were actually stunting my emotional and professional or personal development and evolution. And so I was really, really good at being able to just look at these relationships and recognize that and then say farewell, but from a deep place of gratitude and honor and reverence. And I had this understanding of, wow, life is impermanent. Like everything is arising and then disappearing all in the same moment. And what I didn't realize until recently was that this understanding like all things possesses its own shadow so everything has its shadow even water you drink too much water you swallow too much water and you might drown you might die even the breath you consume too much breath right you hold that inhale for two hours Watch how your body collapses and you become unconscious and probably die. So everything in life, even from the most fundamental elements of life, shows us that everything possesses a shadow. And it comes back to this saying that too much of a good thing is too much of a good thing. So the hyperfixation or the overemphasis of one thing, though it may be a virtue, though it may be a good quality, though it may be a very essential nutrient of life, the overemphasis of it, the constant praising or constant attention on that thing or the fixation on that thing will naturally become your shadow. And so for me, that is how I saw life. That was the lens through which I was constantly seeing life through. And what happened was it manifested as a shadow. So the shadow for me was that 
everything went from being fleeting and passing and just giving grace and gratitude to all of life and all of my relationships to, yo, all relationships are disposable. Like this is gradual. It didn't just happen. It just gradually, gradually became the way I saw relationships. Like everything and everyone is disposable. Like you can throw out of a relationship because there's possibly going to be another one that's going to arrive and take a new form. So why fixate on this relationship? Why fixate on this person? Why fixate on this friendship? Why fixate on this career that you're into right now? This interest that you have or this passion? You probably won't have that passion five years from now. So why dedicate yourself to it? Right? And this is what I feel the shadow of impermanence. Is that we have this understanding, but we lose sight of our own personal power, our own personal will, our freedom of choice. And so when you accompany this understanding of, oh my God, life or God or the universe is actually who and what is in control of my life, I have no say in what happens, right? So we naturally, if we embody this fully, we become very deeply surrendered to who and what is actually in control. And we understand that there are certain things that are beyond our control, right? So we no longer fixate on it. Like the, the timing of this relationship is not in my control anymore. Like when this person is going to merge into my life is no longer in my control. So I'm surrendering that. Or how long me and this person stay together is not in my control. I'm going to let go of that. Or who comes into my life is not in my control. I'm going to let go of that. We have to understand that there is personal will. There is an understanding that you are also in a relationship with life. This isn't life just doing and designing and creating your life for you. There is you in that relationship where your attention and intention is also shaping the design of your life, the design of your challenges, the nature of your dynamics. Your attention and intention is what's creating that. Our life experiences are shaped by where we bring our attention to. So your attention is always in charge of your experience. But you are the one that's in charge of where your attention goes. So this is where that personal power, that personal will, that personal freedom comes into play, comes into the conversation. Because you, nobody, nobody else can dictate where your attention goes, right? If you walk in a room and you see 500 people in that room, you're the one that's going to choose where your attention goes. My mom, my mom is sitting in the first row or, oh my God, look at all of these lights in the room. This is too bright. Or, wow, there's 500 people here. Or, oh my God, there's only 500 people here. You're in charge of where your attention goes in that moment, in that situation. This is usually left out of the conversation when we talk about impermanence. So 
now integrating that understanding with relationships, with life, is acknowledging that, yes, whether this relationship happens next week, tomorrow, five years from now, this wonderful relationship that you are meant to have, right? That's completely out of your control. The timing of that may be entirely out of your control. And at the same time, you are in charge of whether you go out tomorrow night. You are in charge of how often you engage with other people. You are in charge of how open you are to receiving a relationship right now. You are in charge of how much emotional baggage you bring to the next relationship you walk into. You are in charge of how much time you spend going out, mingling, and dating in order to meet this potential partner. You're in charge of where you go to meet this potential partner, right? So the timing of it, of course, may be outside of your control. You might meet 10 people, but none of them were your person. But you're the one that's setting the environment for that experience to happen. You're the person that's saying, hey, I'm open. I'm telling my friends to put me on blind dates with somebody they know I will be compatible with. Like that is in your control. Life is not controlling that. That's you. And so when you even think about being in relationship to somebody, yes, the fact that they could die tomorrow is outside of your control. The fact that they could die in five years, no longer be with you or be present with you in the physical realm is outside of your control. You can't determine that. But you can determine that within five years, whether that happens or not, you're going to be dedicated to being fully present with that person. You're going to be dedicated to loving that person at the highest degree that you can that you're going to commit to being in a relationship with them, to watching them rebirth themselves, to allowing them to support your evolution. These are things that are within your control. So you have to see that there is a constant co-creation between you and life. There's a constant co-creative experience happening between you and life. And so surrendering to impermanence doesn't mean that we actually lose sight of the things that are actually within our control. So as human beings, one of the basic fundamental needs we have is certainty. And the other one is uncertainty. So if things get too certain, that shit gets boring, rigid, and unfun really quickly. Like when you think of being in a relationship where you guys do the same thing every fucking day every night it's the same sex positions it's the same movie it's the same tv show you guys watch you go out to the same restaurants you live in the same town you engage with the same group of friends and group of people right and you both think the fucking same that shit is going to get really fucking boring exhausting and maybe even draining to even think about that or even engage with it after, let's say, two, three, four years of that shit, right? So the uncertainty is the spontaneity or the surprises or the nuances or the differences or the changes in that space of certainty, right? So it's like, I know I'm rocking with you for forever, right? 
I know that this is the town we're going to live in and we love this town and we love our friends and we love the way we have sex and we love our favorite shows. But let's add some new flavors here, right? Let's go to a music rave. We've never went to one before. Let's eat at a different restaurant. Let's try a different type of food. Let's go to a vegan restaurant. We never tried a vegan restaurant before. Let's go to a different country. We've never been to Europe or I've never been to Australia. And so there's this mixture of uncertainty within the certainty that actually creates a level of passion, chemistry, excitement, exploration, and just new neural pathways being created in the brain while you're with somebody. That is a very high tier of intimacy where you're not just entertaining yourself, but you're exploring and you're re-educating yourself with somebody beside you that you love and care about. Like you're exploring a whole new culture. You're in a different world where you don't speak the language. You're in a different environment where you've never recognized these kind of people, this way of dressing, this way of relating, this kind of food ever in your life. But as your brain, your mind is being expanded to explore new horizons of relating, to explore new horizons of the world, you're doing that with somebody that you love, who's also going through the same experience. That is a very, very high tier of intimacy. Or you could be just at home and you both choose to watch a new show or new movie that you've never, that goes outside of the genres that you'd like to explore. Well, that means that you find a new belief that you both challenge each other to maybe understand or to learn or to adapt to. Or that could be a dance class. Say you don't know how to salsa and neither does your partner. You embrace that level of uncertainty of going into that environment where neither of you are certain about anything other than the fact that you don't know how to fucking salsa. Like the level of expansion that happens in that kind of experience is that balance or that harmony between certainty and uncertainty. We need that. We need that in our relationships because now imagine if you have nothing but uncertainty, right? You don't know when this person is going to call you tomorrow. You don't know if they still want to be with you. You don't know where you guys are living, You don't know where you guys are going. You don't know what direction your relationship is heading in. Like that shit is going to be chaotic, probably traumatic, and also destabilizing and emotionally dysregulating, right? So bringing in a component of certainty, like, oh, this is where we're living, or this is where I see us heading. Let's plan for the future, Let's plan tomorrow out. Let's plan the next five years of our life out. Like this layer of certainty in the relationship actually allows this beautiful dance of intimacy to take place. So if you're not like me and you're in a space where you have fixated on certainty, where you want things to never change, you want things to always remain the same, where you feel that you have very little capacity to embrace change, like to embrace a different dynamic or a change in your environment or change in your life. You find yourself very glued to the way things are and the way you are right now. Then for 
you, I think it's important to start to find areas of your life where you can be spontaneous, be open to new experiences, be open to new ideas, be open to just going outside of your comfort zone. Because the quality of your life is really determined by your ability to manage uncertainty, to manage the discomfort of not knowing. And so when we can create safe spaces for us to experience not knowing, to experience the mystery of life, to experience the mystery of ourselves and maybe another person as well, like to embrace that and create safe spaces where that can happen that is really really important and taking steps towards that that don't frighten us like maybe going to a completely new country is completely frightening and overwhelming to you but exploring a new area of your town might not be right going to a park you'd never have before like it develops a sense it develops a certain muscle inside of you to be able to grapple with uncertainty to grapple with the differences and the new shades or the nuances of life. So thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope that helped in any way with anybody that is, I think everyone really (laughs) is grappling with this balance, this harmony and this flexibility between embracing certainty and desiring uncertainty or having too much uncertainty and desiring some level of certainty in our lives. So I hope that helped in any way and I will see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Wishing you a beautiful day and a beautiful evening and I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.